Well, welcome everyone. Nice to see all of you. <clears throat> Here to enjoy the, the silence together. Can you hear it? Ajahn Sumedho, great, great, great Theravadan leader, teacher, has a book called Sound of Silence. So um, our book has taken us through, you know, the feeling of suffering, which is the reason we practice this. It's really what Buddhism is all about, is relieving, relieving this dissatisfaction, this dukkha, this anxiety, this chronic dissatisfaction that we have into an aspiration. And then setting some conditions, developing conditions like, uh, the first condition was leading an ethical life, a life of non-harming. We're, part, we're, all, we're all part of the same family. We all want to be free. We all want to be happy. We're all connected. So acting in a way that respects everyone, including ourselves, does not harm anyone, including ourselves. And then contemplating the wide, open, silent space of death, of when all that can be lost will be lost. Everything that we attach to, everything that we cling to, everything that we're aversive to, everything that we're, it's all gone. Yet, here we are, and we have habitual patterns. We have these afflictions. And she calls this chapter withdrawal, like withdrawal from our addictions, (laughs) our clinging, our grasping onto our afflictions, And letting the wide open space of awareness, the luminosity, the clarity that's always here. The radiance, like the sun, quietly shine on the afflictions, on the ice, the solidity, the permanence. This is me letting the wide open clarity, the warmth of the sun shine on and melt the ice. And so here we are with silence. As I was talking to uh, the group leaders, I think a big affliction of of us meditators is that we grasp onto silence. 
what's wrong with me? My mind, I'm thinking, 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 concepts, concepts. What's wrong with me? I can't meditate. Judging ourselves. <laughs> it's a spiritual materialism. Judging ourselves, angry at ourselves. So how to... Um, incorporate this wide open luminous space of silence into movement and let it flu- let there be a fluidity between silence space movement and still rest in the wonderful healing open quality of the silence still maintaining a connection to silence within or without incorporating, including holding the gigantic space of silence, allowing movement <coughs> And silence. So, this is compassion. This is allowing being. So, let's just practice this for a little while. So, if you could take a meditative posture with your spine loosely erect. And relaxed. Comfortable. And just be effortless being Relaxing into the body. Dropping the mind into the body. Where there's so much silence. Maybe down into the, maybe the base of the spine. Far away from the mind. And as you breathe, 
using the breath wherever you feel it in your chest or your diaphragm or your belly, your inhale as an object. And on the release, let go of the object at the end of the exhale for a few moments. And try that for a while. Holding the exhale, not uncomfortably, but for a few seconds with no object. And then if you like to use the object of the in-breath, wherever you're feeling it, as a support to calm the mind. And then drop it at the end of the exhale and just be. And then you can just continue object, no object, just essentially just being now. And if there are thoughts, let there be thoughts. There's always space if we trust ourselves, trust our experience. There's no way we can prevent this powerful, radiant presence of awareness. It's always here. It's our essential nature like the sky. And thoughts are like clouds that come into the sky, but they are sky as well. They're never outside of the sky. They're never beyond the sky. 
So we don't worry about thoughts, let them come, let them go. In a very relaxed, effortless, unfocused way without trying to do anything, to be anything. to improve our state of mind, to get rid of the bad stuff, just be the sky. Be space. Be the silence, the vast. You might listen to some sounds that are around you. Some people have sounds kind of a on the inner ear. And notice the silence around holding the sound. The sound is within the silence. And now opening our hearts. Feeling our own longing for freedom. That's why we're here. Why we do all of these spiritual practices. All beings want to be peaceful. Want to be happy, want to be free. You could think of a loved one. A loved one who's smiling at you now. How you want her to be happy, him. You want him to be free, at ease. Wishing him peace and well-being and extending this to all beings everywhere. May all beings everywhere know their true nature. Which is silence and peace and Carefree.
Okay, thank you. Okay, so um, we can go into small groups now. And uh, <clears throat> it'll be nice just to say hello to each other and to get to know each other a little bit. How are you? And what's been encouraging your practice? What's been inspiring you? And then perhaps you could read something that, you, that has inspired you, that's landed on you. Uh, from this chapter, and we can discuss those things. And if we, I did send out some prompts for discussion if we run out of of those discussion points. Okay? So maybe um, hey, about 25 minutes for this. Welcome back, everyone. So we we uh, our group was over before it began. It seems. Yeah. <laughs> it was, Just got warmed up. Huh? <laughs> got warmed up, and and uh, uh, it's wonderful. These uh, the, what you find creates. We don't need any other prompts. It's just so rich. Um, one person. Um, uh, talked about. Um, her fear of silence, which I think is really interesting. And another person talked about, uh, it's almost the same thing in a way. It was like, why do I want to turn on CNN? You know, what's going on there? I'm going along, everything's going fine. And, uh, but there's this, Pull like an like a, a moth to the flames of distraction. So those are some things that we we explored, and 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 more. But anyhow, let's hear from the rest of you. In our our group, uh, there was a lot of uh, sort of focusing and exploring the difference between what. Uh, the author was referring to as noble silence and an essential silence and what that could be or is, how that is in our lives and in our inner growth. And was, was uh, as I say, we were just also just starting to explore this very rich area. Looking at both of these ways of looking at silence. Anyway, thank you. There was one gentleman in our group, and he brought up the subject of trust, how to trust silence. And I thought that that was a very interesting and a kind of a nuanced aspect of it. Um, and she addressed it a little bit in that quote that she did on the first page. And she said, silence is a solace, like falling into a hammock and feeling ourselves to be suspended and supported, allowing ourselves to be suspended and supported. We can sink into it. 
And I just thought that was a very nuanced kind of observation. I think one of the uh, the things we explored that was fascinating was similar to that. It was like um, the distinction between presence and silence and having presence in silence or not presence in silence. And silence without presence can be pretty disturbing. But silence with presence is very full and rich, uh, even if that's just present to ourselves and where we are and our whole being like in a meditative state. Also, we talked about nature and how nature can be very, um, I guess, enhancing of silence in some ways. Um, but also, like when you're on retreat, you're silent, but you're around other people and you can feel the presence and the connection. And that's a really wonderful thing. It even enhances your depth of practice. Um, but alone, maybe not, depending on the, the extent of fullness and presence you can create in the, in the silence. So we didn't quite get finished with that discussion, but it was, it was really great. We also, our group also had a, um, a very kind of, um, intimate sharing of, of the different stages of silence, <laughs> how at first there may be some fear um, with being silent, um, how um, it's different to be sitting alone in silence than sitting with a group in silence. Um, we also touched on nature, how nature opens the door and it, it gives us the opportunity to not have to say a word, uh, to just listen, um, as the gentleman in our group said, to just listen to the wind um, rustling through the trees, the ocean breaking against the shoreline, the birds, what, whatever it might be, that um, we can't really hear those things if we're... Um, if we're, if we're not silent, we're missing so much of what's around us. Um, there was a, a little bit of a discussion about how aging sometimes pulls us to um, uh, the, um, that has the pull of wanting to be in, in, in moments of silence, in, in moments of, of uh, rest um, that um, there is a tendency not to need a ton of activity around us um, in order to, um, you know, find peace within ourselves. And we too focused on, like Nikki, on that first um, opening of the chapter and that we, we have a choice. That's what I found is great. We, we can choose uh, choose to be silent. We can choose to uh, sway in that hammock and, and, and trust it that it's going to hold us up. So it was, it was a great discussion. Thanks so much.
In, in our group, um, we talked some about um, about craving more silence and missing um, the experiences that we remember from childhood when there was more silence, and are not just in not just the silence of uh, you know from uh, not talking, but you know just printed word and um, you know uh, just information and and. So, and just as you just said about um, our wanting to feel more uh, that we're going in the direction of choosing more silence and, and preferring it um, as we get older. And um, we talked about having that, uh, cultivating that awareness of why, why we talk, um, you know, why we choose to engage in talking or engage with someone else and listening to them and just being aware of that and um, this um, a practice but um, noticing that um, there are occasions when we feel really depleted um, from too much talking or um, um, because people often feel the need to talk, uh, talk people do talk a lot sometimes and um there seems to be a, a value placed on that of talking more and and um so uh if we're going in the direction of wanting to be uh, uh more silent it, it um you know it requires some kind of choice to be made on our part or some kind of awareness um that we are diverging from those around us um, you know, and whatever we're doing um, in, in terms of our speech. But in terms of um, what, uh, actually doing a lot of talking and engagement, that it, it, uh, we were saying about how when it comes to being with family or friends where we really do experience a sense of joy and conversation, and laughter and pleasure that, you know, we might find ourselves really drawn towards a lot of talking and that, you know, it just depends on what our actual experience is. So it's not as if all talking is, you know, unappealing, but it, you know, it can be a means of really uh, experiencing a lot of, if we're, if we're together experiencing a lot of pleasure and, and uh, laughter There were three in our group, and we all were in the same circumstance of rather recently losing a significant other in our life. Um, So we have great opportunity to be in silence if we don't turn on the TV or whatever else we might do. Um, But, of course, that doesn't stop the inner talk the inner still have to work on the inner silence, but um, the on page 124, the author refers to the um, wisdom traditions, adopting the practice of outer silence precisely because it does allow us to cultivate interior silence. And um, there was 
a little talk about um, with the inner silence, finding ways to comfort ourselves. And, um, and on the other hand, having too much silence, um, two of us anyway, would seek just a conversation with someone in the park who's walking their dog or going to the grocery store and talking to someone. Um, so silence has a lot of, a lot to think about the topic of silence and um, the fact that there's a noble si- silence and an essential silence and so much to it. And we're just starting to talk about essential si- silence needing to go hand in hand with right speech. So I, I think we'll continue that conversation when we get back together. Thank you. I think, is that it? I think so. Okay. Would either of the people in my group like to share some of the things that you shared in the group? There were some nice passages that each of you had had read that were. One of the things that came up was um, sometimes out of our personal science silence, speech became very much selfing. And. Um, there was a good line in the book, which I never did find that, that someone had, had read that the popping. Um, but I, you know, we talked about that for a while um, that, that, that I, that I look at that as it's a learning experience for us. It's yet we get more teaching what, what arises when we speak, when we've been silent, you know, and uh, the tremendous need for compassion when we, when our speech is less than we wish. So they are the relationship between speech and silence is, is so close, you know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you all. So we'll take a 10 minute break now. Um, it's uh, gosh, it's, it's 12. It's noon. Perfect. So if we could come back at 10 after 12, that would be really great. Share this book together and so much the author offers a very slow journey through her, the book and her words. And it's interesting. Um, Maybe let's just um, settle in, let go of the words for a little bit, and just arrive back uh, in our seat, in our place here, in this shared space. Maybe... Just letting the sensations of our breath or our body be the voice that we attend to right now. Just um, the simplicity 
of the breath, sensations, or the simplicity of just the body sensations, our sitting bones, hands, touching, warmth. Just being very, very simple. Gil often uses the image of relaxing the thinking muscle. Just relaxing. Thoughts may come, but be relaxed around everything. Just ease up. So, welcome, all of you. Welcome your presence here and your questions and your wisdom and your insights. And uh, the generosity of your sharing with each other. It's really a great gift that we're giving each other especially being in this senior club with uh, this time of our life, you know, being able to share and inquire together. That we can, you know, our journeys, our inner journeys You know, we do this, but doing it in community or sangha is a remarkable gift. So thank you. I felt from the author in this, uh, you know, this chapter on silence, she was also looking at the silence inside, not just external silence, not just the talking or lack of talking or the noise or lack of noise or the movement or lack of movement. Um, But cultivating or intending to cultivate 
um, this inner space, which she could put to silence, you know, or awareness, or intimacy. Um, like this uh, friend as opposed to something that's daunting or, or uh, I've worked at a church for many years. We, my husband and I, we were the token Buddhists. <laughs> and uh, they were, people were interested in a meditation practice, but I remember they would try to integrate it, but maybe one or two minutes of silence was about what was acceptable. And anything beyond, oh goodness, five minutes, and it was really uh, a challenge. Uh, so uh, I think all these years, I, at least for me, it's been wonderful over the years to be able to um, both be in groups where there's organized silence, but also feel comfortable being with friends and not having to talk all the time. Um, to not necessarily engage in just that, that comfort. Um, I learned, I'll just share this with my husband. Um, I remember we'd be out in nature and be walking along and not have to talk or sitting by the ocean. Just the presence, not needing to talk. What a, what a gift that was to me. And I um, feel maybe that's a gift I want to remember to offer to other people as well. You know, what is that comfort of not of just being present, just being there. Um, and then I'll just, with a lack of words, but presence. Uh, when my mother was uh, in hospice, uh, a chaplain came. And I was so pleased to, she just sat with my mom and she didn't say a word. She held her hand and just sat there for about an hour. Um, it was a gift. Just being there. I love, I fight, it's okay. I'd love to share the last paragraph of this, uh, of her chapter. And then maybe we can go into groups and just continue this very deep exploration of our practice and our journey here. We enter the mind of wordless prayer. We recognize in deep inner silence that it is impossible for language and words to contain reality. That reality lies where words end. In this non-conceptual post-verbal mind of inner silence, we encounter reality directly. 
the humming of life, of being, silently resounding. Released from attachment to self, we begin to see no difference in the nature of empty mind and moving mind. This is the freedom of inner silence. It remains unruffled regardless of arisings. Just as we enter love by being love, we enter silence by being silence. A warm, embracing, very present silence. A refuge. The ultimate old age home. So, I think it'd be good to go back into our small groups and meet for 25 minutes. I think you've got lots to say. (laughs) Or maybe just sit in silence together. But anyway. Welcome back, everyone. So... We, we, uh, our group was over before it began, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> it was, Just got warmed up. Huh? <laughs> got warmed up and, and, uh, uh, it's wonderful. These, uh, the, what you find creates, we don't need any other prompts. It's just so rich. Um, one person, um, uh, talked about, um, her fear of silence. which I think is really interesting. And another person talked about, uh, it's almost the same thing in a way. It was like, why do I want to turn on CNN? You know, what's going on there? I'm going along, everything's going fine. And, uh, but there's this pull like like a, a moth to the flames of distraction. So those are some things that we, we explored and, and, and more, but anyhow, let's hear from the rest of you. In our, our group, uh, there was a lot of uh, sort of focusing and exploring the difference between what uh, the author was referring to as noble silence and, and essential silence and what that could be or is how that is in our lives and in our inner growth and was, was uh, as I say we were just also just starting to explore this very rich area looking at both of these ways of looking at silence anyway thank you There was one gentleman in our group, and he brought up the subject of trust, how to trust silence. And I thought that that was a very interesting, a kind of a nuanced aspect of it. Um, and she addressed it a little bit in that quote that she did on the first page. And she said, silence is a solace, it's like falling into a hammock and feeling ourselves to be suspended and supported, allowing ourselves to be suspended 
and supported, we can sink into it. And I just thought that was a very nuanced kind of observation. I think one of the uh, the things we explored that was fascinating was similar to that. It was like um, the distinction between presence and silence and having presence in silence or not presence in silence. And silence without presence can be pretty disturbing. But silence with presence is very full and rich, uh, even if that's just present to ourselves and where we are and our whole being like in a meditative state. Also, we talked about nature and how nature can be very, um, I guess, enhancing of silence in some ways. Um, but also, like when you're on retreat, you're silent, but you're around other people and you can feel the presence and the connection. And that's a really wonderful thing. It even enhances your depth of practice. Um, but alone, maybe not, depending on the, the extent of fullness and presence you can create in the, in the silence. So we didn't quite get finished with that discussion, but it was, it was really great. We also, our group also had a, um, a very kind of, um, intimate sharing of, of the different stages of silence, <laughs> how at first there may be some fear um, with being silent, um, how um, it's different to be sitting alone in silence than sitting with a group in silence. Um, we also touched on nature, how nature opens the door and it, it gives us the opportunity to not have to say a word, uh, to just listen, um, as the gentleman in our group said, to just listen to the wind um, rustling through the trees, the ocean breaking against the shoreline, the birds, what, whatever it might be, that um, we can't really hear those things if we're... Um, if we're, if we're not silent, we're missing so much of what's around us. Um, there was a, a little bit of a discussion about how aging sometimes pulls us to um, uh, the, um, that has the pull of wanting to be in, in, in moments of silence, in, in moments of, of uh, rest um, that um, there is a tendency not to need a ton of activity around us um, in order to, um, you know, find peace within ourselves. And we too focused on, like Nikki, on that first um, opening of the chapter and that we, we have a choice. That's what I found is great. We, we can choose uh, choose to be silent. We can choose to uh, sway in that hammock and, and, and trust it that it's going to hold us up. So it was, it was a great discussion. 
Thanks so much. In, in our group, um, we talked some about um, about craving more silence and missing um, the experiences that we remember from childhood when there was more silence and are not just in not just the silence of uh, you know from uh, not talking but you know just printed word and um, you know uh, just information and and so and just as you just said about um, our wanting to feel more uh, that we're going in the direction of choosing more silence and and preferring it um, as we get older. And um, we talked about having that, uh, cultivating that awareness of why, why we talk, um, you know, why we choose to engage in talking or engage with someone else and listening to them and just being aware of that and um, this um, a practice. But um, noticing that um, there are occasions when we feel really depleted um, from too much talking or um, um, because people often feel the need to talk, uh, talk people do talk a lot sometimes and um, there seems to be a, a value placed on that of talking more and, and um, so uh, if we're going in the direction of wanting to be uh, uh, more silent it, it um, you know it requires some kind of choice to be made on our part or some kind of awareness um, that we are diverging from those around us, um, you know, and whatever we're doing um, in, in terms of our speech. But in terms of um, what, uh, actually doing a lot of talking and engagement that it, it, uh, we were saying about how when it comes to being with family or friends where we really do experience a sense of joy and conversation and laughter and pleasure that, you know, we might find ourselves really drawn towards a lot of talking and that, you know, it just depends on what our actual experience is. So it's not as if it, all talking is, you know, unappealing, but it, you know, it can be a means of really uh, experiencing a lot of, if we're, if we're together experiencing a lot of pleasure and, and uh, laughter. There were three in our group and we all were in the same circumstance of rather recently losing a significant other in our life. Um, so we have great opportunity to be in silence if we don't turn on the TV or whatever else we might do. Um, But of course that doesn't stop the inner talk, the inner still have to work on the inner silence, but um, the on page 124, the author refers to the um, wisdom traditions, adopting the practice of outer silence precisely because it does allow us to cultivate interior silence. 
and um, there was a little talk about um, with the inner silence, finding ways to comfort ourselves. And, um, and on the other hand, having too much silence, um, two of us anyway, would seek just a conversation with someone in the park who's walking their dog or going to the grocery store and talking to someone. Um, so silence has a lot of, a lot to think about the topic of silence and um, the fact that there's a noble si- silence and an essential silence and so much to it. And we're just starting to talk about essential si- silence needing to go hand in hand with right speech. So I, I think we'll continue that conversation when we get back together. Thank you. I think, is that it? I think so. Okay. Would either of the people in my group like to share some of the things that you shared in the group? There were some nice passages that each of you had had read that were. One of the things that came up was um, sometimes out of our personal science silence, speech became very much selfing. And. Um, there was a good line in the book, which I never did find that, that someone had, had read about the popping. Um, but I, you know, we talked about that for a while. Um, that, that, that I, that I look at that as it's a learning experience for us. It's yet, we get more teaching. What, what arises when we speak, when we've been silent, you know, and, uh, the tremendous need for compassion when we, when our speech is less than we wish. So they are the relationship between speech and silence is, is so close, you know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you all. So we'll take a 10 minute break now. Um, it's uh, gosh, it's, it's 12. It's noon. Perfect. So if we could come back at 10 after 12, that would be really great. Share this book together and so much the author offers a very slow journey through her, the book and her words. And it's interesting. Um, Maybe let's just um, settle in, let go of the words for a little bit, and just arrive back uh, in our seat, in our place here, in this shared space. Maybe... Just letting the sensations of our breath or our body be the voice that we attend to right now. 
just um, the simplicity of the breath, sensations, or the simplicity of just the body sensations, our sitting bones, hands, touching, warmth. Just being very, very simple. Gil often uses the image of relaxing the thinking muscle. Just relaxing. Thoughts may come, but be relaxed around everything. Just ease up. So, welcome, all of you. Welcome your presence here and your questions and your wisdom and your insights. And uh, the generosity of your sharing with each other. It's really a great gift that we're giving each other. Especially being in this senior club with uh, this time of our life, you know, being able to share and inquire together. That we can, you know, our journeys, our inner journeys. You know, we do this, but doing it in community or sangha is a remarkable gift. So thank you. I felt from the author in this, uh, you know, this chapter on silence, she was also looking at the silence inside, not just external silence, not just the talking or lack of talking or the noise or lack of noise or the movement or lack of movement. Um, 
but cultivating or intending to cultivate um, this inner space which she could put to silence you know, or awareness or intimacy. Um, like this uh, friend as opposed to something that's a daunting or, or uh, I've worked at a church for many years. We my husband and I, we were the token Buddhists. <laughs> and uh, they were people were interested in a meditation practice. But I remember they would try to integrate it, but maybe one or two minutes of silence was about what was acceptable. And anything beyond, oh, goodness, five minutes, and it was really uh, a challenge. Uh, so... Uh, I think all these years, I, at least for me, it's been wonderful over the years to be able to um, both be in groups where there's organized silence, but also feel comfortable being with friends and not having to talk all the time. Um, to not necessarily engage in just that, that comfort um, I learned, I'll just share this with my husband. Um, I remember we'd be out in nature and be walking along and not have to talk or sitting by the ocean. Just the presence, not needing to talk. What a, what a gift that was to me. And I um, feel maybe that's a gift I want to remember to offer to other people as well. You know, what is that comfort of not, of just being present, just being there? Um, and then I'll just, with a lack of words, but presence. Uh, when my mother was uh, in hospice, uh, a chaplain came. And I was so pleased. She just sat with my mom and she didn't say a word. She held her hand and just sat there for about an hour. Um, it was a gift. Just being there. I love, I fight, it's okay. I'd love to share the last paragraph of this, uh, of her chapter. And then maybe we can go into groups and just continue this very deep exploration of our practice and our journey here. We enter the mind of wordless prayer. We recognize in deep inner silence that it is impossible for language and words to contain reality. That reality lies where words end. In this non-conceptual 
post-verbal mind of inner silence, we encounter reality directly. The humming of life, of being, silently resounding. Released from attachment to self, we begin to see no difference in the nature of empty mind and moving mind. This is the freedom of inner silence. It remains unruffled regardless of arisings. Just as we enter love by being love, we enter silence by being silence. A warm, embracing, very present silence. A refuge. The ultimate old age home. So, I think it'd be good to go back into our small groups and meet for 25 minutes. I think you've got lots to say. (laughs) Or maybe just sit in silence together. But anyway, so thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think there's a lot of wisdom here. Um, By the way, I I couldn't... um... Somehow I couldn't make it into my group. I, I don't know what happened. Oh. But uh, but maybe somebody in that group, maybe Trisha or Leah or um, Sherry, maybe one of you could share what, what to happen in that group. I sat in natural great peace. <laughs> oh, well, we missed you, David. but And we lost Linda, but we gained Leah, who had been in another group. So I hope we were a good replacement (laughs) but um so and it was interesting for her to talk about her previous group um i think what somebody was um talked about worrying about in this book and maybe in this chapter brings up a fear of mortality and so we talked about that how um with someone said that she wanted to emphasize gratitude and and also being being alive and um, uh, but that really may be at the base of of our fears of silence um, and I mentioned it about um, how I feel less energy as we age and silence I find is very energizing, which is one of the questions David was about um, extended period of silence as noticeable, especially on retreat is how energizing that is. Suddenly it's all there. And so a a talking can be depleting. Well, I think that's all I can remember. Oh, one more thing. Uh, somebody said uh, about using uh, in childhood using uh, act- busyness and, and activity and words as an escape from not great parenting, and how that returns as as a an escape, and to be a, oh, that she became aware of that and. So it doesn't have to use that now. Conditions have changed. Okay. I want to take this opportunity to thank the two 
my two cohorts in this in our small group. I think we just had wonderful sharing. And we ended on a note that inner silence, the importance of inner silence going with us throughout our day, not just when we're sitting. And I thank my two friends for um, bringing that up. And, um, you know, and it, it will lend itself. It will help us be less reactive to whatever situations arising in our day as we interact with people and circumstances and, and whatever. And I thought that was an excellent note to end our session on. And we were talking well as it ended. So that's why I want to say thank you. I didn't get a chance to thank my, my two friends. <laughs> and thanks to all of you. <laughs> this has been lovely. I'm going to jump in as well because uh, Terry shared last time. So we decided to share the pain here. <laughs> So I can never summarize, as all of you know, what takes place when we have a chance to interact like this and learn from each other and share ideas. And so I'll, I'll um, tag on to what Tricia was saying about examining busyness and kind of what, what are some of the things that interfere with silence? Yes, we all agree it's wonderful and it's grace and it's a refuge and daily life is <laughs> a reality. So we talked exchanged quite a bit about how we practice and how our sitting practice isn't always the main focus. And so that led us to talk about practice off the cushion. And I chimed up with one of my favorite lines that I can remember from another teacher that I've heard it, which is, there's nothing that's outside the practice. So there's formal practice. And then there's everyday life. And so there was a whole lot more that we exchanged. But as you all understand, you can't capture all the richness, but uh, as you said, Mary, a deep bow of appreciation to everyone for their work and for bringing it to this wonderful exchange. And for the people who put on the exchange, thank you, David, Fiona, Joe. Well, my share will be brief because we spent most of the time in silence. <laughs> and uh, so for the two other people in our group, um, my sincere thanks for that uh, gift of sharing our silence. Thank you. Uh, in my group, uh, one of the um, participants uh, offered that um, it was her observation as a young, uh, a young person that the, the, they all often wondered about the old people uh, having observed them to be so quiet. So she was um, uh, interested in seeing herself as a person now who has joined that club of senior, senior people uh, preferring, preferring quiet. And so we were examining that, you know, is that part of the life process and why? And so uh, that was one thing we talked about. And another thing we talked about was um, the differences between um, uh, that are so the social differences and the amount of talking people do or the amount of preference people have or identity that they're given or, or take on as quiet people. 
and um, that there seems to be cultural values um, for people to be more talkative or uh, a value for people to be extroverted rather than introverted. And um, so we looked at that being that we all were fans of being quiet. <laughs> and so um, acknowledging really that um, some, some areas of social interaction um, involving speech are, you know, very challenging, um, you know, like small talk. Is a is a very challenging thing to learn, and, you know, and to be good at. And it's you know it's something that is goes along with um, you know being uh, a well-rounded person. You know, having those skills to you know to be able to do small talk, uh, things like that. With a lot of that um, talking and participating verbally with other people is so culturally determined, and. Um, so there, we wanted to um, acknowledge that aspect. And one person mentioned, I thought was interesting, a book called um, uh, "If You're um, the, uh, Being a Quiet Person in a in a Talkative World." Um, so, so kind of described us uh, our uh, discussion, you know, the, the challenges for the these quiet people in a very talkative world. That was it. In our group, we spent a few minutes talking about our interest in exploring the author's idea. She offered a suggestion, and part of that suggestion was one afternoon a week, um, beginning a practice of essential silence. So we talked about trialing it one afternoon a week from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. And in that time to do metta practice or meditation or journaling or yoga or gardening um, and just see what that space of silence once a week had to teach us. So the three of us put together some ideas and we'll see how it goes. Oh, thank you. Uh, it was interesting conversation and continued sharing on this subject in our group. Um, and what also came up was the challenge of silence because of the space allowing difficulties to arise into our awareness that, um, that are cha our challenge. And, uh, you know, how distractions will take us away from, you know, being present for difficult memories, old traumas, they arise when there's not this noise, you know, whether it's mental noise or speaking, engaging. And, um, but how to, uh, came back to the teaching of the, the first arrow and the second arrow. So in that space of silence, when things may arise in our consciousness that's, that are difficult, how to not uh, engage that second arrow of suffering around it. If, if we can stay in this place of openness when things arise in our consciousness, it also allows for the beautiful things to be present as well. So it was, 
we sort of went off course a little bit on silence itself, but what silence allows to arise in our, in our awareness. And um, it can bring at times challenges as well as beauty and inspiration and, and rest. It's sort of a big package and, and how to cultivate our hearts around that. So it, um, there's a lot of food for thought around our own personal practice in on the cushion and off the cushion. So anyway, thank you for my group and um, a candid uh, sharing. Thank you very much. Gabrielle, did you? Yeah, I just very brief, I wanted to sh- share the group I was it's with Janie and um, uh, F- not Fiona, um, Terry. It was not so much the words and the the mind, but it was such a heartfulness, and I feel very nourished by our exchange. Well, I'm glad everyone had such a rich, nourishing time today. Um, While I was sitting in, in silence as you were meeting, I listened to a beautiful recording of a, my favorite poem. <clears throat> and here's how it goes. It's only five lines. Rest in natural, great peace, this exhausted mind. Beaten helplessly by karma and neurotic thoughts, like the resentless fury of pounding waves in the infinite ocean of samsara, rest in natural great peace. I I put in the chat um, a recording of that by Samanera Jayasara. And uh, it's just just beautiful. Um, this, This big silence, this big piece that's around all the chatter, that's around all the noise. We can't stop this huge ocean of silence that holds us, loves us, surrounds us. So by the power of this compassionate practice, may suffering be transformed into peace May the hearts of all beings be open and their wisdom radiate from within. Okay. Be well. It's so wonderful to see our family, our Dharma family here. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye.